welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. Well, good morning. Good morning. Delighted to be with you. Uh, you, know the, you know the drill by now. I say it every time when Andrew and Penny come back, tell them how wonderful a service we have had without them. It has just been fantastic. Uh, the glory of the Lord was present uh, everywhere. Uh, unlike any other week, Andrew will have to, have to say that to him. Uh, New Year, we're talking about walking into a new year, walking into it boldly, boldly with your head held high, no matter what has gone before, that God is with you and for you, and you can walk boldly into the new year. So we're talking a little bit about that. New Year's a funny thing though, isn't it? Like, I don't know, does anybody do anything for New Year? I don't really do very much for New Year. It usually is like a glass of wine looking out the window on my own. That's usually what New Year is like. You bring it in in style, you know, like that's... That's how we do it. Um, but you know, we, we think sometimes like New Year's resolutions. Does anybody make New Year's resolutions? No, anybody? No, I, I don't really make them. I do have one, one that's it's, it's a staple. Every single year I make it, and it's don't become a vegan. That is one thing that I do <laughs> every year without fail. You can't be too careful, do you know what I mean? Accidentally, you might just accidentally become one. So you have to just be careful. Um, I, I did, that's, that's one of them. The other one is usually just to increase my intake of eggs on a daily basis. It's sitting at four currently. I'm going to get five, I think, is what, what we need to do every day. But I do have a, like a, it's a, it's a semi-serious one, right? So I was in Lidl the other day, and I have evaded every year. They, they ask me, have you got the Lidl Rewards Plus app? And I say, no, I don't. Like, and I, I've got bold about it now. Like, no, I'm not going to screw the system. So this is, this, is, this is the other one that popped in my head when I was thinking about New Year's resolutions. Don't become a vegan and don't get the Legal Rewards Plus app. That's, that's one of the ones. It's just right there. So don't get it, folks. Don't, don't bow to the system. Um, anyway, do you know what? New Year's resolutions are a funny thing. A lot of people do them and it's a it's a firm decision to do something, to be better, to improve. It's a firm decision to make changes to your life. And the usual suspects are health, fitness, diet. You know, that's what we do. Less time on social media, you know, less alcohol, nobody in here. Do you know, that's, like, that's a little bit what we do when New Year's resolutions. We want to be better. We want to improve. And a lot of people do it. But research will actually show that only like 30% of people who make a resolution will stick to it. And actually, by month one, I think it's something like 35% of people have dropped off completely. And then by month six, month six I think it's like something like 75%. It's only a small amount of people will keep a resolution. Because at our heart, we want to improve. At our heart, we want to be better. We want to see more. But the problem is we do it in our own strength. Say, I'm going to be better. I'm going to achieve. I'm going to create. I'm going to do something. And that's where it starts. It's a good intention, but we all know that at the heart of it, God needs to be the one who, who changes, transforms us. And what we're going to talk a little bit about today is the, the transformation in Joshua's life as he walked across the Jordan, as God called him to lead the people of Israel from Moses to Joshua. And we're going to talk about how you can boldly walk across no matter what has gone before. But it's an important place to start at looking at New Year and looking at even in the Bible, the Hebrews had their own calendar, okay? They didn't work on January to December, but they, it's usually around March or April, their new year started. But it's really important as we enter into a new year, we have to consider the Hebrew calendar. Israel began their year in the month of Abib, and it was a month marked by the Passover happened 
in that month. So their January, essentially, they were in Egypt whenever God says your first month is when the Passover's happening. It's about two weeks after the very first day of the first month, the Passover happened. So Israel were starting their calendar, starting their brand new year in slavery, in darkness, in difficulty. And you know what? Some of us are a little bit the same right now. We're starting a new year, and there's still a little bit of darkness there. There's still a little bit of stuff going on. And Israel marked, and they decided, God said, the start of your year, every year. So the first one was Passover happened, and then, then every year after, they remembered where they were. They remembered what God had called them out of. And my encouragement to you this morning is in this start of this new year, at January, remember where he's called you out of. Because he's going to call you into something. But remember where he's called you from. There are a lot of us are thinking, but this situation's going on. I've got this going on. I don't know how to work this out. God is saying, you may not be where you want to be right now, but you are much further on from where you were. You're in a much better place from where you were. Circumstances, sometimes yes and sometimes no. But internally, what God has built in you, what he's created you for, what he's spoken into your life, he is moving you from glory to glory, from grace to grace. Even when you can't see it, God is depositing something in your life. So we start the new year, not limping over into January. Remember what he's called you out of. Is what I was, literally Adam, as he led the service so well there, what I was just saying to you, which is from grace to grace, from glory to glory, where is my sin, where is my shame? They said, no more are we in Egypt. And they marked that every year. We're not there anymore. God has brought you thus far even if you don't feel it sometimes. So mark this year by remembering where he's called you out of. See, they marked it and they said that no more are we controlled by man. No more are we controlled by our enemies. Yahweh led them out of slavery and death into promise. He leads you into life. Recall this in 2023. Ready yourself into this next new year that God is not finished with you yet. But always do it from a place of remembering what's gone before. That's what we're going to talk about today. Joshua remembered what Moses did. We're going to talk a little bit about that. So it's Joshua 1, verse 1 to 9, if we have that. Yes, we do. It's, this is now literally the context of this is Moses has died, and Joshua now has been raised up as the leader. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore, swore to give them. Be, definitely missed a verse there. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all of the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, 
so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. We'll just finish there, will we? That was it. Be strong, courageous, God's with you. There we go. That's a great sermon. No, there's something about that, those verses that the way they start is quite amazing. Be strong, courageous, God is with you. But God starts at an interesting point. He calls Josh and says, Moses, my servant, is dead. A great way to instill faith in a generation and a nation. The guy who's led you for 40 years, did all the miracles, incredible stuff. You saw a wonderful thing with him. Yeah, he's gone. So um, see how you get on. That's how God starts and reminds Joshua. Everything happened with Moses. Nothing, there was nothing that happened when Moses wasn't involved. He was always involved. He was the one that spoke to God for the people. He was the one that heard God for the people. He was the one that hit the rock and waters come out. He was the one that put his staff out and the Red Sea parted. He was the one that orchestrated by his leadership, God giving manna from heaven, blessing, free blessing, free provision. It's a strange way to encourage your people. Moses, my servant, the one I anointed, the one I used, the one who was a blessing to you, he's gone, done, it's over. Moses is not here anymore. He's the only leader you've ever known, 40 years in Egypt. He'd been God's man leading them in respect to their provision, their protection. You have to consider what had happened in those 40 years with Israel. In the middle of that leadership, they've grumbled, they've complained, They've sinned. They violated their covenant against God repeatedly. And this was under the leadership of Moses. It's all they had ever known. They had stumbled to the point of where they didn't have faith 40 years before to enter into the promised land. Remember in Numbers, they didn't have the faith to go there. So they didn't get there for 40 years. And now what we have is Joshua facing an insurmountable task. You, Joshua, are being called and you're going to lead my people, the faithless people who continue to break my covenant, you're going to lead them after Moses did it for 40 years. Good luck to you. That's how God starts, and that's what he says. This was Joshua's mentor. Everything he knew about God was through Moses. Did he feel ready to do it? I doubt it. I doubt that Joshua felt ready to lead the people that Moses had done for 40 years so well, and he'd excelled in it. And there's Joshua facing an, leading a faithless nation, not just across the Jordan into the promised land, but into battles. This wasn't just about getting across the water. They still had battles to fight. They still had things to face, even when they walked into the promised land. And God says, I'm going to start it by killing off the leader who led you already. I'm going to do something new. And Joshua, you've got to be strong and courageous. You see, Joshua is still processing what has just happened. 40 years as Moses' assistant, not actually leading like Moses did, trying to process that his, his leader has died, and all of a sudden now he's got a new task. All of a sudden now he's got to lead the people across the Jordan. Do you ever feel like in life that you're just dealing with the last thing? 
the very last thing that just happened before the next thing comes along. I'm still dealing with 2023, and now 2024 is coming along. I'm still dealing with that situation that's happened, and now I'm walking into something else. Life doesn't slow down. Sure, it doesn't. You're always dealing with something. You're always processing something else. Some of you are thinking, 2023, I'm still processing 2003. Like, this is literally the way it happens. Life doesn't slow down for us. And in the middle of this, God starts and says, Moses is gone. Let's move on to something else. I have got something fresh for you, even if you don't feel like it. The important thing here is what God is really saying, because it's a strange way to start a new journey, a new chapter. He is saying, face your reality. Face the reality of what's happened in your life. Moses is dead, Joshua. You can't hide from it. You can't pretend like it didn't happen. But now therefore go because I have anointed you and given you strength to go and do what he did. But in the same way, this is what God then says to him. So God is saying, remember what's gone before. In the same way the Israelites started their new year and Passover, they remembered where they used to be. God is saying, remember what's gone before. Remember your old years. Remember the Moses season that you had when you were led by something else and a situation looked different. That's okay. But things change and situations change and circumstances change. But the promise for you, and this is the key point of the message, in verse 5 it says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Just as I was faithful to you in the past, so I will be faithful to you in your future. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was, so I will be. Some of you need to really sink that deep down into your heart. Just as I was with you in 2023, so I will be in 2024. See, Joshua had got a revelation, amen? Joshua had got a revelation that Yahweh is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So no matter what changes around me, because when God spoke to Joshua at this moment, everything was changing. New territory, new country, lost their leader, new enemies, Enemies they'd never faced before because you remember they, they got into the promised land 40 years before, 12 spies, but 40 years had passed. They had a new generation stepping into the promised land for the very first time. Everything was changing. And God says right at the start, don't forget the past. Don't forget the former things because that's what's brought you this far. But as I was with you in the past, so I will be as I, you walk into your future. And you have a future, Joshua. There's a real significance in this. Because how you respond to what has gone before in your life is crucial for your future. Andrew said something similar a few weeks ago. It's, it's, you're at a key point in your life. You can't rob yourself of your past. It's gone. It's happened. But you can rob yourself of your future if you don't decide to move forward no matter what's happened. I'm going to say that again. You can rob yourself of your future if you don't decide to move forward despite what's happened. We all have a past. Israel had a Moses. And how on earth are we going to stand up with Joshua now leading us into the promised land when Moses was so good and so faithful and he was God's man? The scriptures even say there was nobody like Moses ever since. How on earth do we face something new? God says, just as I was so I will be. He says, you can count on me. 
I am faithful to every generation. I am strong in every situation. I do not change. And what you need to tell your own heart is that no matter what changes next year, he will not. He will not let you down. He will not let you go. He continues to hold you in the palm of his hand because that's who he is. God's mission was never in a man. It wasn't in Moses only. It wasn't, it, if it wasn't Joshua, it was someone else. God's mission is in his ability to fulfill what he has promised in your life. And if he's promised, no matter what 2023 looked like, no matter what 2024 is going to look like, he's faithful to complete it, church. That's what he says to you. So just as I was, so I will be. Was Joshua ready? Did he feel ready? Absolutely not. There's no way he felt ready. You know who else didn't feel ready? Moses. Moses never felt ready to be ambushed by a burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. Moses wasn't ready for that because he'd been living after 40 years of regret of killing an Egyptian. Moses wasn't ready either. Do you know what the key thing is, church? As you walk into this new year, being ready is not a feeling. It's a decision. It's a decision and a choice to say, no matter what comes next year, no matter what it looks like, no matter what this year looked like, I don't have to feel ready. I choose to be ready, not because it's all about you, but because God says, as I was, so I will be. Being ready is a decision. It's a choice that you make. And that is so key because, you know, I look back at my life. I don't think I've ever felt ready for anything in my life, if I'm being honest. You know, like I think of some big moments in my own life with family situations and relationships. Going to Scotland when I was 18 for university with no one, didn't know anybody. Like I, I didn't feel ready for any of those things. But now I look back and I say, he was faithful. He has made me who I am today because I just decided, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm going to walk into it. Don't know, don't know where that came from. Sterling University was a great time, four years. But I walked into it not knowing what it was going to look like, not knowing if it was the best decision whatsoever. I thought I wanted to be a social worker. Didn't really know what that was. And all of a sudden, I'm in Scotland just thinking, I'll help people. We'll see what happens. Like It was a bit of a gamble, but you could say it paid off. Who knows? And here I am today. Do you know, God was faithful, but I didn't feel ready for anything. And you and I both know that we rarely feel ready for anything that life throws at us. The last couple of years for us is testament to that. We haven't felt ready for a lot of stuff. You haven't felt ready for anything really. But God says you're ready because I have said you can. Because as I was, so I will be in your future. That's the truth, church. So everything was changing, but there's a significance of deciding. And I urge you and challenge you, make the decision I'm going to walk into what you have for me, God, no matter whether I feel like it or not. God said to Joshua three times, be strong, be courageous. Now, when something's repeated in Scripture, we need to take notice. These words imply this idea of being alert. And it's, it's the same words that are used whenever someone's heart hardens. So it's, a, it's an interesting way. It's not just about being strong and, and you know, just seeing how it goes. It's a hardening of the heart where you fortify your mind and you say, no, I'm going to be strong in here. I'm going to be strong in here no matter what happens. It wasn't purely a physical thing for Joshua, albeit they needed that as they were going to fight their battles. So God says for you, stiffen up a little bit. Strengthen yourself knowing that he's with you moving into the future. Because as I said recently as well, victory begins in here. This is the primary way that you will interact with God in your mind, your will, and your emotions. Strengthen in here, and that will prepare you for whatever comes next. That's what God says. Be strong and courageous three times. 
Now, it's an interesting on this. I looked in Deuteronomy before Moses died. Moses says these same words to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. God will be with you. But Joshua doesn't move anywhere until God's told him. He doesn't move anywhere until God speaks it to him. Moses speaks it to him in Deuteronomy 31. But Joshua only moves when he's heard it from God. Be moved by what God says to you, church. Other people will be encouraging to you, but listen carefully in the spirit. We talked about spiritual eyes there just after worship. Listen carefully for what God says to you in your life and move when he says to move. That's what Joshua does. He waits for God to speak to him. Yeah, Joshua wasn't ready. He definitely didn't ask for the job. He didn't ask to be without Moses. I think if anyone had the choice, Moses would have walked with them into the promised land. He didn't ask for that. He didn't have that choice. But he decided, I'm in a situation that I didn't expect. I didn't expect Moses to be dead at this point. I didn't expect it to happen so quickly. But in his strength, I'm going to face this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's your promise as you walk into 2024, church. You can do all things through him who strengthens you. That's why Joshua had never led a nation in his life could walk across the Jordan into the fiercest battles to claim the land that God had given him because he faced it in God's strength in him. Be strong and be courageous. It's interesting that there's something about, Andrew said this a few weeks as well, When you want to lay hold of something in your life, whenever you want to lay hold of what God's promised you walking into a new year, you have to do that very thing. Lay hold of it. You don't just sit back and God just pours things into your lap. Now, God does that on occasion, but there's an element of partnership with God, and God is saying, partner with me as you walk into your new year. He said to Joshua, partner with me, but he also said, wherever you set your foot, that's where you'll get the land I've given you. So there's an element here, and this is a challenge for us. We've talked about this a little bit over the last couple of months as well. God just doesn't call you to get to the Jordan to have a look at it and look over the other side. He calls you to walk through it. He doesn't just call you the way Moses died, looking at the promised land. He says, no, I want you to walk into it. The people of Israel didn't just have manna fall in their laps. They had to go and get it, okay? It fell on the ground near them. It didn't fall into their tent. And God is saying to you, challenge yourself, straighten yourself up, be strong and courageous. He's a future for you, but you've got to walk into it. You've got to lay hold of it and say, God, you've promised that you will be my provider. You've promised that you'll be my protector. You have promised that you'll be my healer in whatever situation I'm in. So I'm going to walk into that and believe and trust. I'm going to, what does that mean for me in my sphere? And that's what I want you to think about just as I'm talking. What does this mean for me? in 2024? What did it mean for Joshua? Physically walk over the Jordan. What does it mean for you in your life, in your sphere of family and work and relationships? If God says, as I was, so I will be, what does that mean for the very next thing that you're going to face? The promise is that he goes with you. The promise is not purely in the land. The promise is not purely in the blessings that God gives you. The promise is in his presence, church. He goes with you. Remember Moses says earlier on in Scripture, I think it's Exodus, he says, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. I don't want it if you're not going to be there. But the key thing that God says to Joshua is, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. The, the wonderful blessing isn't purely in the land. It's not purely in the blessings that God gives you in your sphere of career and finances and friendships and relationships. It's not in that. 
It's in the fact that he goes with you into that. That's what the truth is. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you, church. That's what he says to Joshua. A few weeks ago, we heard about Israel stepping into the Jordan. Andrew spoke about this a few weeks ago, that they were led by the presence of Jesus. As soon as the ark touched the waters, remember this? As soon as the Levites walked into the Jordan, the ark touched the waters, the waters were rolled back. And that's shame, sin, condemnation, all the way back to Adam was the town. And that's the picture of that. So go into this new year with your eyes fixed on the presence of Jesus. He goes with me. He goes ahead of me. He goes before me. He goes behind me. He surrounds you as you walk into your future. This is the key thing for Joshua. Joshua could have just been told, I've got new land for you. Go and possess it. I've given you the land. But the key thing was, I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, some of you, and I just feel, feel this in my spirit, some of you have been wrestling with things that God has spoken to you, and you believe you've got to go and grab it, but actually what you need to know is God is there with you. He walks into it with you. He walks ahead of you. He walks before you, similar very much to those who are on the Emmaus Road. The two disciples on the Emmaus Road, remember this? Whenever they were walking away from Jerusalem, where they thought that the temple, the temple was there, where they imagined God's presence was there, they're walking away from it, Jesus was on the road with them. See, whenever you're walking away from whatever you think God has done, whatever you're not sure of what the future looks like, you're confused, you're walking into something new, even though his presence dwelt there, he's walking on the road with you. And some of you need to hear that. And when you're in your confusion of what this next year looks like, God's on that road with you. He's, all, he's in Emmaus, he's in Jerusalem, and he's on the road with you, okay? I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm repeating it a lot because I know in my spirit, I need to hear it time after time after time. There's a reason God said, be strong, courageous three times. You need to hear it. You need to let it wash over your spirit and go, what does this mean for me? What does it mean for my 2024 that I can be strong and courageous and he's given me every place where I set my foot? The challenge is when you've received a revelation, mix it with faith, okay? Place faith in what grace has done. Grace says, never leaving you. Grace says, I've given you a place. Wherever you set your foot, it's yours. Grace says, as I was, so I will be. Mix it with faith. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean for my job? What does it mean for my family? What does it mean in my marriage? Mix it with faith. And then do you know what you do? You declare out what God has spoken and what you see with your spiritual eyes. That's a challenge, but it's definitely the challenge that God lays down to you here. Mix it with faith. As I said, the, the Israelites, they had to reach out and grab manna. Joshua had to walk over the Jordan. He had to fight battles, but he didn't face it in his own strength. Grace is not opposed to, it's opposed to earning. We don't earn God's blessing. We don't earn the land that God's given us. We can't earn it. It's impossible. But it's not, it's not opposed to action. Grace is not opposed to action. You mix it with faith and go, what does that mean for my life? And then I move into it. I walk into it. Whether a situation needs to change or something needs to change in your heart, you believe, you declare, and you move into it, okay? You don't just wait to sit and see what God will do. He says, partner with me. In the same way, God used the apostles to perform miracles. He used them to lay hands on people, to raise the dead, to heal the sick. God says, figuratively speaking as well, in your own life, in your own sphere, heal the sick if you, if you can, that would be great. But he says, in your own sphere, 
walk with me, lay hands on your situation and say, I believe you're in this. You're working in this. You're moving forward. So partner with God in this. You're not a, like a passive bystander in 2024. We'll just see what happens, God. We'll just see what happens in January, in the 400 days of January. We'll just see what happens. No, I walk boldly. You've given me a future and what this means for me in my sphere. So mix it with faith. That is the challenge. You will be glad to know that it's salvation and the, the responsibility of seeing fruit in your life next year doesn't rely on you. You will be glad to know that. Woof, what a relief that it doesn't rest on me only. And there's a key thing here when we think about Joshua. In the early days of Joshua, as he stood and looked at the promised land 38 years before he walked into it in the book of Joshua, his name wasn't Joshua. It was Hoshea. Moses changed Joshua's name right before the spies go into the land. Hoshea to Joshua. Now, Hoshea means he saves. I save. That's what Hoshea means. And Moses looks at him before he walks in as a spy and says, your name's now Joshua. Yahweh saves. God saves. Right before he walks into the promised land. It is not your responsibility to manufacture the outcome in your life. It's not your responsibility to orchestrate the miracle. It's not your responsibility to the, for the blessing to be provided. It's God's responsibility to provide the manna. It's your job to reach out and take it, okay? That's what God was saying. He changed his name from Hoshea to Joshua. And it was a prophetic picture of what Jesus was going to do as Jesus, Yahweh, saves because Joshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus. We, I'm sure some of us know that. As Jesus walks you across into the promised land, Joshua was a prophetic picture. But it also means that salvation is not in your name, church. It is not your responsibility to orchestrate the, the blessings. God will do that. And Moses, just very subtly, there was no celebration about his name change. He just said, oh no, you're called Joshua now. Yahweh saves. Yahweh orchestrates. Yahweh provides. Yahweh makes. Yahweh creates. Your job is just to say, thank you. I believe. Thank you. I believe I have a future. Thank you. I believe I can walk into my future. Thank you. You're not finished with me yet. Yahweh saves. And that's why it's so important that he was not called Hoshea anymore because Joshua had the different spirit, him and Caleb. But if he was called Hoshea, it doesn't rest on him. The responsibility for your situation, the situation that you're thinking of, the situation that you don't tell people about, it's not your responsibility to fix it. It's your responsibility to believe he's working in it and that salvation and that all of the outcome that you need is in him and his power. You don't have to face 2024 in your own strength. It's not in your natural resource. Some of you are thinking, amen, because I've got no natural resource left. I'm exhausted after 2023. Some of us, yeah, I'm exhausted. I can't do another 2023. So God says, I hear you, and it's not in your name. Strength is not in you. It's in my resource. It's in my ability to create. It's in my ability to bless you. You just have to partner with me and say, I believe. I believe and I take it. And don't let your faith dwindle. So I feel this for someone as well. Some of you, you just have a little bit of faith, but you don't dare believe for very much in 2024 because you don't want to be disappointed again. God is saying, as I was, so I will be. Believe again that he is still the very God that brought you this far and he will lead you into your next season. Amen? Amen. Amen. So make a declaration. Um, 
from the revelation, that make a declaration from the revelation that he is your salvation. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Make that declaration from that revelation. He is my salvation. He has brought me this far. He will not fail me yet. So I often call it, uh, don't make a New Year's resolution. Uh, receive a New Year's revelation. That's what I often say. You like that? That's what I often say is, is don't make the, anything that you have to improve on. I have to create. I have to be better. I have to have a better year than last year. No, I receive the revelation that you're with me in the next year, that you haven't failed me yet and you won't fail me next year either. Do you know, some of us feel like we're rolling the dice and we've just got this far, thank goodness, we've rolled the dice and God hasn't left us yet. And we're rolling the dice at the start of this year and we're just not sure what will happen. God's saying, no, no, I'm faithful all of the time. I'm faithful every year upon year upon year. So no matter how you start this year already with whatever's going on right now on the 31st of December, like the, the Israelites in Egypt, you start looking at Passover. You start the year remembering where he's brought you from, but he's bringing you into, okay? Thank you, God. Um, Moses, actually, the name was, it's drawn out. Moses was drawn out of the water when he was a wee baby in the basket. It's a picture of the law. The law will draw you out and show you who you are because you can't meet it. But actually what the law could not complete, Joshua, Yahweh saves, could complete, okay? Moses was brought, brought them out of slavery, showed them their true state, but actually Joshua was the one that brings you into promise, okay? So what the law couldn't do in your life, Moses drawn out, Joshua, Yahweh saves. It's just a, a prophetic picture there as well. So make that declaration. What does it mean for my 2024? What does this mean if God is with me, he's for me, and as he was with me last year, he won't fail me now? The success does not rely on our natural resources or our ability. Some of us have got to the end of 2023, you know, and there's a level of anxiety about what's coming next. Do you know some of us are a little bit like, yeah, it was great 2023, but I'm just not sure what 2024 is going to bring. Other people were bracing for 2024 because of 2023. Uh, God is saying that I can be just as good. I can be just as faithful. I can be just as strong for you in your life as I always have been. And he can continue just to work in no matter what pressure we put on ourselves for a new year. I experienced a level of irrational pressure, I would say, um, at the panto, at the pantomime that we had um, for those who don't know, we had a pantomime, uh, and I was wearing a Christmas suit, and I found myself, because it's about the kids, right? It's all about the kids, it's all about the family, and I found myself after the first show, there was a lot of us running around being like, wasn't that great? Wasn't that amazing? Oh, wonderful. The kids loved it. The families loved it. But I had this irrational pressure of, no, we've got to be better than before for the, for the next day. This is what I thought of myself. I thought, no, I did the worm here on the stage, right? For those who were here, it was a treat. And I near broke, I near, I near broke my back. But I was like, no, no, I need to nearly break my back tomorrow. So like there was this irrational pressure. I've got to be better the next time. You had the two Davids, bless them, dressed as the ugly sisters, do you know? And they were like, Adam, we, we, you know, we've got through, this is great. And we we're in good form, weren't we, David, after the first night? But I was thinking, no ugly sisters, we've got to really go for it tomorrow. We've got to go bigger, we've got to go better, right? This is what was going on in my heart. I was like, we have got to be better. But there's this irrational pressure, again, that things have got to be better. We've got to improve, we've got to orchestrate and do it. But God says, no, no, it rests on me. My, the outcome for your life is my responsibility, he says. That's why he changes Hoshea's name. You can't save yourself. You can't lead yourself in the promise. Yahweh delivers. Yahweh brings you into promise. Yahweh brings you into blessing. You just have to walk with him. And as I was, so I will be. So some of you need to hear that, um, that God doesn't run out of what you need. 
He has so much that he'll never run out. So if you're stressing over a need, walking into 2024, it's not so much that you doubt God's ability to provide for you. I think everybody knows God is capable, but sometimes what we do is we see it through our own lens and we know that actually we're not as generous and as kind and as, as wonderful as God. Sometimes we think he's a little bit like us, a little bit stingy. Do you know, actually, he'll he withhold himself if we don't do right. God says, yeah, I'm capable, but I'm also willing and to move in your life, okay? Because sometimes what we do is we look through our own lens of what God has done in our life, and we see it through our own lens. So remember the spies as they, 38 years before, as Joshua walked into the, the land. Do you remember what they said in Numbers 13? They said, we seemed like grasshoppers, not in, well, they did say in their sight, but they said in our own sight. We were like grasshoppers, and also so we seemed to them. And they looked at it from a human perspective, the only one who didn't was Joshua, Yahweh saves. He looked at it and saw, no, we can possess this. And sometimes, again, just don't be stressing about those needs that you have. Now, sometimes there's a, there's a disconnect between where we are, where we want to be. Do you know, that's, that's natural. That's, that happens. But see it through the lens of God is not just capable, okay? He is willing and able to move in your life. And he doesn't give, he doesn't give as you and I would give on our best days. We're very generous, but we're not like God. Actually, he says, no, I'm not like that. I'm always generous, I'm always kind, and I'm not going to fail you. So see it through his lens. So you need to hear that he doesn't run out of what, he, what, what you need. He will always have so much that he never runs out, okay? He never runs out of provision. He never runs out of protection for you. Um, even when you don't feel ready, he doesn't run out of it. The first thing that Joshua does whenever he is the leader leading them into the promised land is he sends a second set of spies. I don't know if anybody, if, you, if any of you remember this. He sends a second set of spies into the promised lands. The first thing he does before they actually go over the Jordan. And you know what? Really, in grace, Moses sent the first set of spies and the outcome wasn't good. They saw themselves in their own eyes and they failed. They didn't get into the promised land. The second set of spies came back and says, we can take this land. And again, it's this picture of what Moses drawn out, a picture of the law, shows you your state. You can't accomplish anything. But when Joshua and Yahweh himself, the picture of Jesus, when he sends you into somewhere, you will see it as the way God intends, which is you can overcome, you can accomplish, you have faith to believe and step into what he's called you. So it's a little, just again, that picture of that as well. The law will reveal failure. Moses, that picture of the law sends you into something. It'll reveal you can't do it on your own. But when Jesus sends you into something, grace says, go again. Go again next year. Believe again that God is going to give you what he's spoken over you. He's going to bless you with what you need. And he has everything you need. He's not surprised by anything moving into 2024. So Jesus says to some of you, when you're mixing this with faith, what does it mean for my life? For some of you, he says, go again. For some of you, he says, face those old enemies. Joshua faced those enemies 38 years ago. And God says, you have another opportunity to face it again in grace, to face it again under Jesus' leadership. You have another opportunity to face those enemies and say, I can overcome that because it's in your strength. So challenge yourself this morning. God is saying that he is giving fresh strength to you. And grace says, go again. When we walk into a new year, just have about 10 minutes, when we walk into a new year, I've called this sermon from strength to strength, and it implies this notion of that you become stronger 
as time goes on. Now, this is completely counteractive to the way that the world works. The world will say as you journey through life, you know, experiences, they, they hit you, you go down, you lose energy, you fatigue, you don't dream dreams as much anymore. And physically, there's always something about that. Um, we're not going to live forever. Church, by the way, we have a forever home. It's heaven. So physically, yes, we may be fatigued. But for me, there's something about Moses when he died. It said he died with his eye undimmed. And it actually says that he did not fatigue. He was, his vigor unabated was the word, which was that at the very end of his life, no matter his physical state, he still trusted God as much as he ever did. I don't know about you, but I want my life to be like that, that I continue to believe in the goodness of God no matter what my state is physically. It's like Caleb who said when he was 85, I'm as strong now at 85 as when I was when I was 40. So 40 years later, I'm still ready to step into this land. I was ready then, but I'm definitely stepping in now. That's the way I want my life to be. And Psalm 84 talks about this. It's Psalm 84 verse 5 to 6. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, not in my own name, not in my own resource, not Hoshea, Joshua, Yahweh saves. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each one appears before God in Zion. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, what on earth does that mean? The valley of Baca, actually Baca means weeping, it's hardship. As I go through the valley of weeping, as I go through the valley of hardship, they make it a place of springs. I find sustenance and provision in the place where it's not meant to be. Does that remind anybody of Psalm 23? As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You prepare a place for me, a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Some of you need to reach out in faith and hold this for 2024 in the valley of weeping when I have hardship, when I have distress, because there will be that in 2024. Let's not kid ourselves. Grace is on the inside and it flows out. It's not in external situations. We find it in those situations. And God says to you, he says, in the valley of Baca, in the valley of weeping, I will give you provision. I will give you sustenance. I will give you grace in those moments. The early rain covers it with pools. I have everything I need in those moments. Declare that in your own heart. I will have everything I need this year coming. I will have everything I need and more. And you know what? I will go from strength to strength till each one appears in Zion. This is an idea of pilgrimage. They were, it's, the pilgrims did it in the Old Testament as they moved toward a place to worship God. Now, you and I both know we worship God in spirit and truth. We can worship Him anywhere. So it's as we are pilgrims in this life, as we're moving from one season to the next, the world will say, slow down. The world will say, you'll become fat fatigued. You need to become more conservative. But in the kingdom of God, it's not so. In the kingdom of God, you continue to have provision. You continue to have sustenance. You continue to have blessing. So even though I walk through whatever that is, the promise for me today is I walk into it still believing in the goodness of God. I walk into it still hopeful that he's not finished with me yet. I've said this before as well. If it's not good, church, he's not done with it, okay? If the situation you're in, if you're not seeing the good in it, then he's not finished, because God works all things together for the good of those who love him. Amen? That's the truth. So that's your promise as you move into 2024. 
Your final destination is not wilderness. It's the promised land. It's God walking with you, walking in the midst of that. So you'll find yourself with everything you need when you need it, and you'll have sustenance in whatever valley you find yourself in. Where does my success from? My last point here, God said to Joshua that success only came, it said in verse 78, only be very strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God says the good success comes from aligning yourself with his word this year, meditating on his word. It comes from keeping it in view. Now, this prosperous is an idea of wisdom, success, and it deals with the heart and mind. It's not actually a word about dealing with stuff. It's not about the prosperous in the the way we think of it. Sometimes the stuff, it's about being prosperous in here. And that's then what brings you success as you move forward in life. Because what good is it to be prosperous out here if you're not prosperous in here? It's no good whatsoever. So God says, you will be prosperous. You will be successful if you meditate on my word. I challenge you this year to meditate on the word of God. Now, meditate, this word is um, it's doga. In English, it's haga. It's the way it's spelled. But it's to utter, to murmur, to moan, to literally speak out his word. That's what it means when meditate. It's not some like zen-like state, you know, where you've got to find a mountain somewhere and go, yeah, I'm meditating on the word of God right now. Like, it's not that. It's actually you murmur, you mutter, you speak it out. Now, the challenge for you and I is that we meditate and we murmur on lots of different things in this life. Let me help you with a few examples. It really means that, oh, well, after that appointment, you go, well, what did the doctor say to me? No, the doctor said this, and he said, if this happens, then this is the way it's going to work. And okay, that's what he said to me. That's meditating on what the doctor has said. But you need to remind yourself of, no, no, the Lord told me that he was my provider, and he told me he was my protector, and he told me that he would bless me in all things. He told me that nothing is impossible. He said that he knows the plans that he has for me. So that is murmuring and muttering on the word of God. And I challenge you this year, let your murmuring, your muttering, your meditation be on what his word says. Don't neglect the Moses situation. Well, the doctor said this. Well, my family said this. And the situation, and he said that to me, seriously? Like, that's fine. But God, then you say this to me, and I believe that this is what your word says. It says, lean on not my own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Mutter it, murmur it, moan with it. Let it come out in the moments where you're wrestling with the situation you're in. That's your challenge this year. I don't want to start another Bible study where we all just sit and read. Murmur it, mutter it. Let it come out of your heart wherever you are, sitting on your own. Keep the presence of Jesus in front of you like the Israelites did with the ark and meditate on that word because you will meditate on lots of different things. We all meditate on something. We all meditate on the narrative of our circumstances as well. We talk about, yeah, this is what's happened in a minute. Work's going like this and it's crazy and I'm not sure how this is going to work itself out. Do the same, but with God's word meditate on it, mutter it, and say, actually, I don't know how it's going to work up, but he knows. He knows because he's promised to be my strength. He promised in Joshua 1 that I can be strong and courageous, and wherever I set my foot, he's given me the land. Meditate on the word this year as you go into 2024. So yeah, it's not a, it's not a zen-like state. 
I remember I was given a prophetic word, actually, um, and it was that God will provide a place for me. And it was this lovely picture of the mountain and the grass and the, sleep, the sweeping hills and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, mate, there's nowhere in East Belfast like this. Like, I literally am going to have to move house to even experience God's presence. But then I realized it's in here. It's in here. Wherever I am, wherever I'll be, I can experience the presence of God. And it's the same for you in 2024 because you will be in all sorts of places this year. Some good, some not so good, but you will experience grace in the middle of it. You will experience fulfillment in the middle of it. So wherever you find yourself, find that place there, which is I meditate and I mutter on his word. So my challenge as I finish is walk boldly into 2024. I am not afraid of next year. There are things that make me tempted to be afraid of next year, but I am not afraid of next year because he has told me, he has allowed me to be strong and courageous, and he tells me, as I was with you, so I will be with you. As I got you to this point, so I will get you to this point next year. And you can trust that church because that's what his word says. I don't make any New Year's resolutions anymore, apart from the really two important ones I said at the start, because it relies on me to create, to sustain, to manufacture the outcome. Don't make, receive a New Year's revelation that as he was, so he will be. As he was faithful, so he will be again. God is calling some of you to take control over your own heart as you walk into the new year. He's calling you to stand up and face down those enemies that you maybe faced before, but God's saying, go again. Go again all these years later. Face them in my strength. Not under the Mo Mo Moses leadership when he sent the spies initially, but under the leadership of Joshua, Yahweh saves. Face them again this year. Face them again and watch God work in it. As he was, so he'll be with me again. Leave behind some of the things which have gone before. Leave behind some of those old ways. Moses is dead. He's done. He's gone. But now, therefore, rise and move into what I have for you. That's what he says. Know that Yahweh doesn't stop just, I think I said this already, that your destination is not the wilderness. Your destination is into promise, is being led into blessing, is being led into what he has for you. Yahweh doesn't just bring you out of something to exist. He brings you out of something to put you somewhere else, okay? The Israelites' destination was not meant to be the wilderness for 40 years. And at some point, after a month of crying their eyes out after Moses has died. It was 30 days. He then says, Joshua, Moses is dead, but I'm not finished with you. So it's time to move on to the next thing. So God says, I hear your heart on the stuff that's gone before. I've allowed you to deal with it and sit with it, but now let's move. It's a new year. Walk boldly into it. Remember where you've come from. Remember what he saved you from the darkness, the slavery, the condemnation, but move into your future, which is just as he was, so he will be. Just close your eyes for a minute. just want to pray for you just as we finish now. For some of you, it's very different. 2024, when you think about it, you think about the circumstances, the situations that you're in. Let me just promise you this. God won't call you to where his presence can't go with you. Grace never calls you. Grace never calls you to where it can't sustain you. And that's what God said to Joshua. And the most important thing that he said to Joshua was that you're going into a new land, but I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Just as I was, so I will be. Be strong and courageous. God won't call you to where his presence can't go with you. 
So some of you will know the situations that you're walking into next year. Some of you will brace yourself for an, a situation. Others will be walking boldly already because your situation's working well. Above all of that, His grace works well in my life. And I declare that His grace works well. His grace has brought me thus far. Therefore, it is bringing me into my future. Feeling my spirit for some of you, God is saying that, um, and this is not necessarily physically, it's kind of like that picture I had about the trees and finding in your heart, God wants to give some of you a, a new home where you feel safe and secure in his presence. God wants to bring you to a place where you, you feel that you belong. And I don't mean a physical place. I don't mean church. I don't mean a physical place. But some of you have been wandering and feeling like you're in a bit of a wilderness, a little bit like the, the disciples on the Emmaus Road, trying to make sense of what's going on. But God says to you, in the middle of that, I want to give you a place where you feel you've encountered my presence afresh. The disciples said in the road to Emmaus, Did, didn't our hearts burn deep within us? I feel that's really for someone because you need to see yourself as you belong in the kingdom of God. Because anytime if you believe that you're homeless, you'll always think about your last home, no matter how dysfunctional it was. And God says to you, you belong in my presence. You belong in my kingdom. And you can receive all the benefits of that as well. Father, I want to thank you that you don't just call us to be strong and courageous because we need to be strong and courageous. You call us to be strong and courageous because you will be our strength. You call us to be strong and courageous because as you were, so you will be. We are the ones who are always changing. But God, you never change. You will never change moving into this new year. I thank you for the faithfulness that's got me to stand here on December the 31st. I thank you for that faithfulness. And I thank you that it will not stop. We choose today to mix that word of grace with faith. What does it mean for my life in 2024? I declare, if you believe this, you can say amen. I declare that my vigor is unabated. I will continue to believe in the goodness of God into next year. I will choose to believe that I will see your hand. I will experience your presence. I will believe for the impossible. I will trust and lean not on my own understanding. I thank you for the subtle change, Jesus, that you changed Joshua's name from Hoshea to Joshua. Salvation's not in my name. I cannot create anything. But you lead me in your strength. Yahweh saves. So we remember where we've come from. We remember where we are now. And remember you're leading us to walk boldly into a new year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Joe, we're going to, because I'm leading the service as well, we're going to actually, um, I don't know if I said, we're going to do uh, communion. So if you can just um, get your communion stuff from under your seats. Stand with me if you if you can, that would be great. You know, there's a reason in the 
the start of the month of Abib, it was called when they were in captivity. It did change eventually when they were out of captivity. But there's a reason that God said, you start your year remembering with the Passover in the first month. There's a reason that every year they remembered what had been accomplished. They remembered that no more were they subject to Egypt's reign. No more were they in slavery. No more were they in condemnation. No more were they in shame. And God says, start your year like this. And not just something that, because we do it every week, and it's, it's, it's important we don't lose and miss the power of this. Because again, as we said, if you can believe that Jesus' body was broken, he lived and died as a man, he came and breathed life, so you can be whole, then you can believe he can do anything, if you can believe this. So I say, Jesus, thank you that I have been saved out of darkness into light, that I can expect the goodness of God. Why? Because you've saved me. Because actually I am made whole now. I am perfected forever. I am blameless. I am holy. And you know what, church? If you don't feel it, you don't have to feel it. It's true because he says it's true. It's true because he calls me righteous. It's true because he says I'm loved. It's true because he says, I know the plans I have for you. So I take this and I say, Jesus, thank you. Your body broken so that I don't have to be. So that I can live and really live and live it from the inside out. So we take and we eat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Where is my sin? Where is my shame? Walk boldly this year, knowing that the blood of Jesus has cleansed you. You're clean. When you don't feel it, you're clean. We say, Jesus, thank you. My sin is as far as the east is from the west. It's done. The past is gone. Behold, the new has come. I am a new creation in him. And I thank you, Jesus, that because of that, I can expect your goodness. We take and we, we drink. Thank you, Lord.